listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday morning. Now, let's turn to our next topic of today. Now, we're talking about learning Chinese. Now, I'm sure this conversation is applicable uh, for those of you who are learning other languages, too, because we all know some of the challenges, some of the big challenges in learning a new language. And I hear that uh, learning Chinese in particular it is very difficult. So in the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about using cognitive strategies and, of course, technology to enhance Chinese learning, uh, language learning. And I'm really delighted to be joined once again on the program by Dr. Lin Chi Shi, who is an associate professor from the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Professor Lin, it's great to speak to you again. How are you doing? Pretty, uh, pretty good. Thank you for having me, Noreen. Excellent. We're live this morning on Facebook as well, so I'd love for our listeners to join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And uh, if you'd like to put some questions through to Professor Lin, uh, feel free to do so. So the last time we spoke, um, it was still my old program, the 123 show. So welcome on, mm-hmm. on Brunch, um, my new show. Um, so what have you been up to then since we spoke last, uh, since last August, I think? Okay. Yeah, that I, I I still do uh research on language learning and technology in general. So uh just for those who are not familiar with my research, my research focuses on the learning processes in technology enhanced learning environments. In other words, my research examines how technology uh, can be used to support language learning. And uh, recently, I have focused more on the role of cognitive and uh, metacognitive strategies in technology-enhanced learning environments. Yeah, that's right. That's an area that you're you're interested in, uh, using uh, cognitive strategies and, mm-hmm. and technology to, to sort of enhance language learning, Chinese language learning. Um, what does that mean? What sorts of cognitive strategies are, are you referring to? C- can you sort of give us some examples of what you mean? Well, uh, yes. Uh, my early uh, research highlighted the importance of learning strategy, which is a strong predictor of uh, learning success. And uh, if learners use more strategies, learning strategies, uh, they are likely to perceive they make more progress and uh, they will they will have a higher level of satisfaction. In general, there are different types of strategies uh, people use in, in learning. Uh, there are four main types of strategies, cognitive, mental cognitive, uh, affective, and social. So cognitive strategy is how people uh, make sense of the new things or how they remember uh, the content. For example, a common strategy, common cognitive strategy include repetition, summarizing, uh, using association technique, or guessing words from uh, the context. Uh, it, and there are other uh, type of strategies, but uh, we'll focus on uh, cognitive strategy for now. And is that sort of um, is that sort of the old way of learning a language, or is it still applicable in, in this sort of new modern way? Because there are so many ways to to learn a language now. Before it was sort of listening to music or listening to songs to learn English, for example. Um, but nowadays, it's a lot of uh, uh, yeah, different technology, different mediums. Uh, are those ways that you mentioned just now still sort of applicable to learning a language these days? Yes, I think that's applicable. Uh, as technology advances, uh, our brain still works in the same way. 
but technology will um, help us to use this strategy more smoothly. Uh, for example, for uh, people use repetition, they they see the same word over and over so that they can remember things. But uh, doing keep seeing the same words in the fake duration is boring. So you with some vocabulary apps, you can use what we call spaced repetition, where it has the algorithm that determines uh, this is time you should see this word again and make sure you know it. Once you go through the learning curve, the memory curve, you will remember, it's highly likely you will remember the word for a longer period of time. So which is very difficult to do that by hand. Yeah. Um. Now, a lot of uh, students here in Hong Kong are learning Chinese as a first language. Does it make a difference mm -hmm. if they're learning it as a second language? Do these skills sort of apply in the same way? Uh, this is a very interesting question. I think the cognitive strategies uh, are applicable in learning any languages and learning other contents. So learning science, you still use, use this association technique. But learning a first language and learning the second language is uh, in Chinese very different. So if your background is alphabetic language, you need to adapt to the new system. And but uh, for those who learn, uh, who for those who learn Chinese as a first language, they they have the built-in system. And uh, if, for example, tone is built-in in Chinese in our daily conversation, but for uh, the back of all those who speak English as the first language, tone is not embedded. Uh, that's yeah. true. So I think the cognitive strategy is applicable in learning any uh, subject. That's true, because I find a lot of um, friends that I have when learning, say, Cantonese, which has nine tones, um, mm -hmm. oftentimes they, they know the word, but they can't really remember which tone. Or or to, to an extent, they even speak the word and they can't hear the difference between yes. the, the different tones. Um, yes. Can that be learned? I mean, Mandarin has four tones. Sometimes right. that can be quite tricky as well. Can, can that be learned? Can that be remembered? Is it repetition? Yes. Is is it just the? Yes. Is it does it come down to practice? Yes, it comes down to practice. But uh, the first, uh, the first thing to do is your ears need to recognize the difference between those before you are able, able to, to practice it. That. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. If not, then you're practicing the wrong tone. That's right. That's right. So normally for, for, for from my previous teaching experience for students with alphabetic, uh, alphabetic language background, it probably takes like uh, three to six months of learning time so that they can hear the differences. And they'll be able to uh, differentiate without any assistance. But if in, in the uh, but uh, for some other pronunciation, it may take longer. So uh, back going back to your question, yes, tone can be learned. Actually, we have a paper about this. We use different uh, cognitive uh, cognitive cues to code the tones. Uh, there are different ways to learn uh, Mandarin tones or Cantonese tones. One way is to use numbers. Each number uh, denote the tone. Uh, the other is use uh, contour. It's the tone is like a picture how 
the tone works. So it's a high pitch or low pitch up or down. So the shape of the tone. So either way, it works, uh, it works for students. But on top of it, uh, people are using, uh, in our research, we use uh, colors. Colors. Which also another uh, colors. Wow. Yes. Uh, we use that in Mandarin. Uh, we use colors so that they can see colors and to associate color with tones. Wow. It's almost like reading music in a way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's, that's the feel we want to make. Uh, so that when they see the colors, they can make sense. Uh, so when you see uh, people who learn uh, Mandarin, sometimes they want to they want to speak correctly. They will use their hand gesture. Yes, I've seen uh, that. To say that. Yes. Yeah, that's that's one way. But we also use color so they, they don't have to do that. <laughs> they can memorize the thing with the color. I think uh, that has been uh, our previous research uh, shows that can be beneficial for learners. How, how do you think, I'm just so interested in that. How do you think colors help people to remember the, the exact tone? Um, they're supposed to be speaking in and does it get confusing with Mandarin? I suppose it's four colors with the four tone, but with Cantonese, I can't imagine remembering <laughs> nine colors for the nine tones. Is there a limitation? We, we, did not, we, we did not focus on Cantonese. We work on uh, Mandarin. So we, uh, if I remember correctly, we use yellow, uh, blue, green and red. So I think the, the red one is the focus on the first tone because it's a bit heavy. Yes. So it's like the, the transparency of the color and the tone of the color, uh, is related to how heavy or how light the color it is. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, that's very Thank interesting you. indeed. Um, back to uh, you mentioned just now uh, some cognitive cues to learn a language as well. What other cognitive uh -huh. cues can can enhance uh, language learning? Do you think colors is one? Uh, numbers is another? Uh, what other sort of cues do you recommend? Um, there are a couple. So, uh, one recent paper we published is to uh, we want to determine uh how to present Chinese words. Uh, in other words, do we present words with verbal and nonverbal cues? Do people process verbal and nonverbal cues so that they benefit from the presentation? So we find that uh, uh, this multimodal presentation helps, but not always. It depends on what kinds of content you are learning. So Chinese, Chinese words have like a single character word, uh, mod, uh, dual character word and more, uh, words with multiple characters, more than two characters. For single word, uh, single character words, um, dual modes or the, the, the word present with verbal and nonverbal presentation is beneficial. But uh, when you are learning uh, two character words, dual modes do not add additional benefits. It, it probably is better to stick with just one. Yeah. So that's something we find interesting. This is based on the review of prior research on this area. Yeah. Well, let, let's move on to technology because we found even when you're learning a, a second language or even when you're learning a first language, technology plays a big part uh, in, a, in in language acquisition. Uh, what's sort of your, your research uh, been telling you? What sorts of technology have, have you used to enhance uh, students' engagement in terms of Chinese language learning? 
Hmm. Uh, we also have another paper <laughs> on this one, You've but it's still focused on uh the Chinese language. We actually review the popular uh English vocabulary learning apps. We develop a system to evaluate these apps, and and see if that is aligned with what research tells us. So one uh one area one finding is that repetition, uh helps. Uh, and a lot of uh, modern these English learning apps they use based repetition, which I mentioned earlier. So it the the system automatically calculate what's the time you should see these words again. Another way is uh, strategy in cognitive strategy instruction. If you are learning a new word in English, they sometimes can do the word part or do the association for you so that you do not have to uh, come up with your own association. So for example, they use some, some I, I don't know if this is a good way to learn, but sometimes they put a similar Chinese pronunciation or, uh, or uh, to make sense of the English words. Oh yeah, I've seen that before, yeah. 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 So that, that that's one thing we are uh we, we are looking at. Uh, a lot of modern ads provide a semantic association. Sometimes they present a picture with the word, so they can make sense of the words. So I think these kinds of uh technology helps. It helps you to construct the new knowledge and help you to practice and remember things. Yeah. It... So that's uh that's some technology use for that. Yeah, um, I suppose it really does take practice. Practice makes perfect, and that really is, you know, learning language is a is a real skill, and practicing is mm -hmm. really the 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 way forward. Now, a lot mm -hmm. of students in Hong Kong find it quite challenging. Um, even Chinese students learning Chinese um, is is a very challenging thing. Does it come down to the way it's being taught? Is it because it's not? Um, I don't want to say it's not a fun <laughs> environment, but sometimes, you know, we, we touched on this, making, th we, we learn through play. And when you learn, when you make it fun, people will learn more. Is it the way that it's being taught? Can we make, make it more fun? And in turn, the students will absorb a, a Chinese language a bit better? Yes, uh, I remember that you asked my colleague about ChatGPT and artificial intelligence and how it can benefit uh, Chinese language learning. That's right. And my research is centers on the social interaction in technology-intensive learning environment. I think uh, now the social interaction, your, your, your target may be the computer. So if you can talk to the artificial intelligence, then this kind of social interaction may also help you to learn a language. And it can create, uh, you, it can uh, bring a lot of different uh, new ideas to the classroom. For example, I see uh, some uh, teachers in the local school uh, when teaching reading comprehension. They use, they ask students to, uh, to use uh, artificial intelligence to generate uh, pictures that can present uh, this passage, and uh, they at the end they have to vote which uh, which picture is the best uh, presentation. So this kind of creativity allows students, allows teachers to use some innovative way to assess students, uh, assess students' uh, comprehension. 
and uh, infuse creativity in the classroom. So I believe technology can bring a big change. Yeah. Speaking of ChatGBT, my feeling with it is that sometimes students will get them will get ChatGBT to do the work for them, and in turn, will they really be? Um, actually learning? Uh, will they actually be able to acquire a new language if they use a technology such as ChatGBT? Because the work is being done for them. What's your sort of feeling towards this? <laughs> uh, I, I think it it comes down to how people use it. Every technology, it comes down to how people use it. So I think like 10, 20 years ago, when one, uh, one to one laptop or this kind of cheat laptop are, were, uh, popular at market, government are thinking maybe you give student laptop, they will learn. But at the end, for students who did not have, uh, this laptop using experience, they use it to play games instead of learning. <laughs> So it, in the, the providing technology resources does not necessarily close the achievement gap. Sometimes it enhances because you need to have sort of technological background to uh, use that for your own benefits. ChatGPT, I think the finding will be very similar. They need to have some training before they can exploit the benefit of using that for learning. Absolutely. I agree. I think it comes down the technology that is there. It really comes down how it's being used. Well, uh, I always enjoy chatting with you, Professor Lin. Thank you so much for, for another great discussion. And I look forward to having you back on another time on the program. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Noreen. And uh, we've been chatting uh, with Professor Lin, uh, Lin Chin Shi, who's an associate professor from the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you very much indeed. Every